You are listening to The Current Podcast, the official podcast of UC San Diego's IT Services Department. I'm your host, Miguel Rodriguez. Today is Wednesday, April 27th, and what a fine Wednesday it is as we approach the end of the fourth month of 2022, which puts us about 33.3% of the way through 2022, if you can believe that. Yes, that's right, we are rapidly approaching halfway through this year. For those of you who do not know, this might be good information not only for the world at large, but for our own folks here in ITS. We have a UCIT blog. It is a blog run by the University of California Office of the President, and it is a blog dedicated to information technology services throughout the University of California system. And it's a great place to see what other schools are doing, what IT news is in the air for the work we do. And there are a couple of things I wanted to point out from this last UCIT blog. Our own UCCIO, Van Williams, led a panel discussion about data privacy and, most importantly, breaking down barriers to get work in data privacy, especially when it comes to hiring more diverse employees in that field. It's a really interesting discussion, and the video of that is up on the UCIT blog right now. And from our own UC San Diego system, our Geisel library is piloting a very interesting new program. It's called Grab and Go Chromebooks. And they literally have a self-serve rack of Chromebooks, Google Chromebooks, that students can use in the library. Students can go and just basically slide them out and put them back when they're done. And so you could read about that. But what I found interesting from the blog is that there is a bit of a breakdown from surveys, a total of 394 student surveys of why they would use a Chromebook instead of their own computer. I was not entirely surprised to see that a full 16.5% of the students surveyed mentioned that they just don't own their own computer. This question of accessibility and who has versus who does not have is very important and I think should be discussed more often. I'm wondering if we can get that as a future topic. But yeah, almost 17% of those students surveyed who say they don't have their own computer. I do think a lot of us can sometimes feel like, well, everybody has a computer these days, and that's just not true. And here it is in full color. So yeah, a lot of this great information you can get by going over to the UCIT blog. The website address is cio.ucop.edu. That is cio.ucop.edu. And that is open to the public if you want to see what the University of California systems are doing for technology and IT throughout our system. Check it out. And for those of you who can access The Current, there are a couple of cool things that you can get as an employee. First of all, if you're looking for ways to improve your skills, check out The Current's office hours, training sessions, and monthly meetings page. It has it all. It's brimming with upcoming monthly opportunities to talk shop, share solutions, and pursue interests across a myriad of topics and formats. There's even a training session for perfecting your Nicolas Cage impression. Okay, you got me. I totally made that last one up. But I was told that if I say it into the universe, I can make it real. To find something you like, just go to the personal tools in the navigation at the top and look under career growth and training. 
As for tomorrow, which will be the 28th, know that starting at noon, there is a Geek Masters Toastmasters Club meeting, as well as Integration Community of Practice at 1 p.m. To find out more about these two events, you can also check out the daily calendar on the homepage to grab the links. And don't forget, our department all-hands meeting is coming up on the 4th next week. Yours truly will be emceeing. And enough of that. Let's catch up with Kate Balderston. She is the business process lead for the Enterprise Identity Management Project, and she's going to school us on process landscaping. You know, not that kind of landscaping. Angie, please put down the lawnmower and intro, Kate, would you? Good morning, podcast world. Angie Liu, project manager here with Kate Balderston. Hi, Kate. Welcome to the podcast. Good morning, Angie. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for coming. Let's start with your name, title, and how long you've been at UCSD. Sure, okay. Uh, good morning, everyone. My name is Kate Balderston. I am the Divisional ESR Change Manager for uh, the Jacobs School of Engineering. And I'm also the coordinator of our Administrative Process Excellence Program, which not only strands engineering, but uh, also physical sciences and biological sciences as well. I've been at UCSD since 2014, so uh, up and coming on eight years now. Wow. Congratulations on your eight years coming up. Thank this you. podcast, you're welcome. This podcast is about process landscaping. So let's start with how did you end up as the business process lead on the enterprise identity management project? Oh, that's an interesting story. So as I was a coordinator of our APEX program, um, I was familiar with the work that Sean Monroe was doing with uh, Lean Mensch and through that work, I was introduced to MojCon, and MojCon became aware of everything that we do in Apex, including process landscaping and Lean Six Sigma. And MojCon actually saw my Lean Six Sigma Greenbelt class as well. She was like one of the attendees that day. So I think she was aware of all the work that we were doing and took the opportunity to ask to see if I wanted to participate. And I said, yeah. Kate, I'm sorry, did you share with us what Apex stands for or what Apex is? You know what? I think I did, but no worries. I say it a lot. It's administrative process excellence. Mm. And it's essentially um, a group of representatives from um, each of our academic departments. So for example, from engineering, we have bioengineering, computer science and engineering, electrical and computer engineering, uh, mechanical and aerospace engineering, Whoa. structural engineering, and nanoengineering. I know that that's just our division. We also have physical sciences. So big shout out to math, chemistry, and uh, oh my gosh, physics. See, I can remember this morning and biological sciences as well. So essentially we have members in functional areas. So we have apex groups for human resources. We have apex groups for facilities and information sciences. We have apex groups for the financial systems. And we have all of these super users come together and say, well, how do you do this? How should we be doing this? Oh, you do it different. Why do you do it different? And I think it's really important to note that when you're looking at processes and trying to establish best practices, you're not really trying to set rules or policies, right? Mm -hmm. You're trying to understand how everybody does everything. And if they do it different, why? Is there something important you're missing? Should we be doing it a different way? Is there a way more efficient? Can it be done a different way? So it's just a fun exercise in taking a look at how you do things and learning from each other along the way. Sounds fun. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of work too. It is now, a lot of work. Okay. So for those of us that have not been in a process landscaping session, 
Can you, in the simplest terms, share with us what a process landscape is? Yeah, let's take a shot at this. So I really like to explain um, to our subject matter experts or anyone participating in our sessions that a process landscape in its purest form is just a visual representation of everything we do, okay? Mm -hmm. So I like to call it the menu. When you walk into a restaurant, you are handed a menu, right? Mm -hmm. And that menu tells you what is available or what is happening in that restaurant as far as what is available right now tonight, right? A process landscape is very similar. So we tend to do it um, by functional area. So I'll pick on HR because we're working with HR in EIM right now. And so with our HR groups, we've asked them, what is on your HR menu? What do you do? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be on a daily basis. It can be anything and everything that you do so that there's an awareness of what business processes are occurring here on campus. Now, if we wanted to dive down and just getting a landscape or a menu doesn't help us, right? Mm -hmm. So what we do from that landscape is we dig into each item. So let's call it each entree, right? And we say, what are the ingredients of that entree? Okay, you, in order to onboard a faculty member, you use... AP recruit, you use AP data, you do it in this way with this forms and this order, but oh yeah, you do it differently. And we really dig in, essentially get the recipe for that business process item. And that helps us understand and determine how the work flows, not only for that individual item, right? Like onboarding a faculty is the example I just gave, but the most important thing, and this is where it's critical for EIM, is how it's connected to everything else. Oh, you use AP data. When does the data come into AP data? Oh, is it pushed there? Is it pushed locally? When does that occur? How often is it updated? How often do we keep it once that faculty member leaves? Um, so it's really an interesting way to create this web of how work and effort is interconnected throughout the campus landscape. I love the analogy of a menu, entrees, recipes that kind of helps us like visualize, right? Like how it's organized. Quick question. Is the HR menu more like in and outs menu or more like cheese factors menu? <laughs> no, you know, I would say HR, huge shout out to our HR folks, you know, their menu is massive. And if I had to pick a restaurant off of the top of my head, dude, I would call them the cheesecake factory because okay, okay. <laughs> there's some like high end stuff. There's sweet desserts. There's some <laughs> random stuff I've like never, ever heard of. And they know it all and they're experts in it all. So their menu is massive. Okay. Okay. So not in and out. <laughs> no, definitely not in and out. Awesome. So what are some lessons you've learned so far from these sessions with how many tracks are you guys doing for EIM right now? Uh, right now we have two up and running. So we have human resources and we have uh, information management. So ITS and related services. And we're hoping to branch out into other campus functional areas as soon as one or both of those wrap up. I see. So what are some lessons learned from those sessions so far? You know, I think the biggest lesson learned, and we kind of anticipated this from the get-go, is that identity and identity-related services are intertwined in so many of our business processes mm. here on campus. Um, it's so easy to take a look at a project like EIM and say, oh, EIM is about identifying an individual as a unique individual and then getting them onboarded. But it's really so much more complex and deep than that. Mm -hmm. It's about 
how their identity is consumed and used throughout those business processes or not, right? Like, what are the pain points right now? Because uh, I think anyone listening to this podcast is going to agree that, you know, campus tends to be very siloed and people throw up business processes or business systems with their needs in mind, not really considering all that's on the plate already. And so we are already, and this is the biggest lesson learned, what I'm coming back to is we're discovering that a lot of the business processes that exist now were a workaround Mm. that was created for some of these gaps that previously existed, right? Hmm. So we have a really unique opportunity with EIM. If we can do it right, you know, hopefully we can help bridge a lot of these gaps um, and realize that these business processes that maybe exist on campus right now weren't here because they're the best way to do something. It was the only way to do it at the Mm, time. mm. And should we take the opportunity to fix that now? I say yes, but you know. (laughs) So how do you keep the conversations towards like, hey, let's just gather the information and not get into the, I guess, complaints of certain systems that are, I don't know, out of your control, right? Or certain areas that are out of control. Just kind of kept keep the conversation towards gathering current state basically right is what you guys are doing right Uh, that's a great question it's a very delicate balance because I would say you need to dive into those conversations a little bit to understand what is painful and I think working with our subject matter expert groups we gear the conversations that way from the get-go When we say, well, tell me why that's painful. Why is that taking you so long? Tell me exactly what you do. So asking more targeted questions leads the conversation so that you, we want to be sure to hear about these issues, right? It's Mm -hmm. our opportunity to learn about them, fix them, make things better for the future. So we definitely want to know about them without having a vent session. So it's a very careful balance of, no, I really want to hear what's not working for you. Tell me exactly what, oh, no, that's not it. Come back and tell me why. Mm. And what does that mean for you? And what do you do instead? And does this happen for other people? Okay, great. It's on our list now. Thanks. Moving on. (laughs) Well, Kate, I've got one more question. Do you have any recommendations for future projects that plan to embark on the same kind of journey, the process landscape journey? My only recommendation is I think that In my personal perspective for EIM, we started process landscaping a little late. So there has been a lot of conceptual work being done for EIM for a long time, which is great because it really guides to what we may or may not be able to do. But as you can see, process landscape can take in a bit, right? Mm -hmm. Especially when we're working with a project as big as EIM, where so much is touched by EIM. So just anyone spinning up future products that are going to touch a lot of people always start with your process landscape to really identify what is going to be influenced and what's not. Because I think if we had had this a lot earlier in our conceptual state, we can be answering questions faster and more efficiently and be helping to guide the project a little bit better instead of having conceptual ideas and now going to the experts and seeing if they'll work. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. You can also call process landscape a map. Like if I said, how are we going to get from here to San Francisco? Well, we can Mm. drive up the five, we can drive up the 405, we can fly, we could technically take a boat. You know, there's all these different ways. And if we had known the options before saying, okay, I only have $500. Okay. That limits you to X, Y, and Z. Oh, great advice. Appreciate that. Oh, thank you. Kate, 
Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners today? Just that, you know, a lot of listeners out there I have probably reached out to for information or have been a member of our subject matter expert groups or will soon be a member of our subject matter expert groups. So I just wanted to say, you know, a huge thank you out there to everyone who's been sharing their information and their way of life with us so we can not only better understand it, but hopefully make their way of life a little bit better in the future. So thank you so much for asking or answering my questions, Jason's questions, Mona, Prachi, our whole EIM team just thanks you from the bottom of our heart. So thanks. Thanks. I sure hope you're enjoying this podcast. Remember to let your fellow IT services staff members know that this podcast exists. Get everyone to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you can get your podcasts. This podcast is a collaborative effort, and we want to hear from you. If you have any ideas for podcasts or topics, send them to me at its-podcast at ucsd.edu. That's it for today. Keep an ear out for the next episode of The Current Daily.